Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast sponsored by Adoption at Heart. My name's Johnny Dreary and as ever I'm alongside my mate and Baggies correspondent Joe Massey. Uh, Joe, I was away last week, would have been nice to come back to, to something positive to talk about, a bit of optimism, just something from Albion, <laughs> something from Albion, but that was wishful thinking to the extreme. How, was, how have you been, mate, my friend? How, how's things going? I'm very well, mate. Surely, surely you didn't think they'd give you something to cheer, did really. you? I didn't, really. I just I was writing an intro before and I thought, I'll just put that in there because I knew I'll get a little giggle from you, but... Yeah, no, yeah, mate. Wishful yeah. thinking. No, it was that. What happened on the pitch at Coventry was uh, absolutely rubbish, really, if we're being honest. It was, uh, yeah, no, it, was a, it was a very, very, very poor game. Very poor. It sounded appalling from what I read of yours and what I spoke to of my, my dad who went to the game. Um, and extra boring for you, really, because if I was there, I'd have been like supplying coffee and like going mad in the press box and probably swearing and emotions going up and down as they always do. But you didn't even have that, did you, on Saturday? Didn't felt sorry for that. you. Felt like, felt like texting. I felt like ringing you, but I was on a stag do, so I was probably a bit worse for wear at the time. I did wish you were there. There were there were times during the game when I was thinking, what would Johnny be doing now if he was here? Um, I think you would have just progressively got angrier and angrier. I sort of got more and more like, is it apathetic? Is that the word? Like just sort of just looking around really at times, going, oh, this is going to end nil-nil. That was pretty much guaranteed after um, about 20 minutes, although Colin Grant did obviously miss that penalty with the last kick of the game. But yeah, um, yeah I think he would have been... You would have you would have been entertaining. It's fair to say that had you have been there, I would have been entertained by you because I've got absolutely no doubt that um, yeah, you would have been um, you would have been raging, mate. There were there were two special moments, I have to say, um, two special moments. They're sort of they're, they're sort of magical and, and emotional tributes um, paid to Dominic Chapman, of course, who who is the brother of Joe Chapman, who's the Albion reporter for the Birmingham Mail. And also to Nigel Pearson as well, the brilliant broadcaster. Um, they were they were they were very very special moments um, indeed. But yeah, in terms of the football, the football wasn't great, unfortunately. Yeah, no, they were lovely lovely tributes from from sort of the videos and pictures you know I saw on on social media and and sort of from the fans' comments um, in the ground. Um, but as you say, it was a it was a, a drab game. We had we had a suggestion, didn't we? I think I can't remember. Was it one of the last home games? And some West Brom fan said we need to get a camera in front of me and you for a whole game. Just record it, just to see how up and down my emotions go. Yeah. I think that if we'd have done that on Saturday and I was there, that probably would have got more views than a live stream of the game, probably, wouldn't it? I think we should do that for Barnsley. Yeah, that's just. Let's show. get a GoPro. It's got to be someone. <laughs> We've got to have one on Express and Star somewhere. Let's get a GoPro. GoPro. Let's stick it on you. Yeah. And what you can do, that can be your job for the day. Like, forget, like, what? don't worry about your fan video at the end, because what can anyone else say? We've all said the same thing. Same thing, yeah. It's all, it's rubbish. Yeah. Um, we should, just, then you could, like, edit yourself down to, like, 10 minutes. 90 minutes to draw a reaction. Yeah. In a 10-minute video. I'll have, have to learn how to use the bleep word on the editor. Oh, yeah. Way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that'd be entertaining, mate. Let's try and, let's try and make it happen, see if we can get a... Yeah, an entertaining video, but uh, but yeah, the football was less than entertaining. You know, it sounded awful. I'd love to go back and listen to all the podcasts this year and, and listen to just how many times we've said how oh, it's been awful, terrible. It'll be an awful lot. Um, but yeah, despite you know, things getting worse, 
we've always got we'll always have loads to talk about me and Joe we'll always uh, we'll always chew the fat and talk over Albion there's stories to talk about your questions we'll mull a little bit over Coventry although there's not an awful lot to say um, and we'll look ahead to to Reading on Saturday if anyone's remotely excited about going down to uh, down to Reading at the weekend but just as we always do Joe just summing up Coventry it was almost you know, I read a few tweets, you know, of yours and and a few of the other reporters. It was almost worrying how much the Albion fans seemed to accept just how bad it was against Coventry, how boring it was. Yeah, um, I yeah, there's a bit of a worry actually, um, just how accepting. I don't know if it's accepting the right word. Yeah, exasperated maybe. I think Steve Madeley actually in the Athletic wrote a really good piece about this. Um, couple of days ago it wasn't long ago it was that Swansea game um where basically the Hawthorns united and singing you're not fit to wear the shirt at the players um and you could sense their anger well not sense their anger you you could feel their anger their frustration that and then the air there was none of that there was none of that on Saturday I mean look I suppose at the end of the day I've been drew the game they were beaten by Swansea um the score does come into it I think maybe um but it was just a very, um, yeah, apathetic crowd. Just, yeah, res- resigned to another drab ninety minutes. Another game. It it's felt so much like a preseason friendly. It's, it was ridiculous, and that surprised me because Coventry, in theory, had something to play for. I mean, yeah. I think they've given up. To be honest, like I think they 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 never really had any. Was interesting actually because Mark Robbins said it afterwards. He said the the re- for Coventry to go finish higher in the league, he essentially said it's not it's not about recruitment for them. It's about belief. He said a lot of their players don't seem to believe that they're as good as they are and that they can actually compete at the top end of the championship. And I think just to pro- caveat that, would you say that Albion's problem for some of these players is that they probably think they're better than they are, and well, that's think- why they're in their position. I think Albion's players think they're better, better than they are, and some of them, not all of them, obviously. And I think probably I think myself, you, and every everyone listening to this podcast probably thought Albion's players were better than they are. Yeah. Um, I think every one of us at the start of the season looked at this squad and was like, "This is talented. This is a good. This is a good squad. This is a squad that should be competing for automatic promotion. This is a squad that effectively." one promotion from this division the season before last. So I think we all thought that and I think we were all wrong. Like the truth the the truth is that these players aren't as good um as we thought they are. Has there been something masking that, Joe? You know, I know we're on Coventry but you know we've got a couple of questions probably really about this topic but you know like you said a lot of these players did um get them up, you know, a few of them although quite a few of them got bombed under under Allardyce, you know, a a lot of them were in the side then you know was something masking that you know this season they haven't they've showed that they're not good at, not as good as they you know they are or think they are is there you know I know there could be 101 reasons why Albion's season's gone as it has but you know has there been something masking that you know like you say we were all all sort of wrong to assume at the start of the season well look it's everything seems to be hindsight isn't it um, yeah but I mean, look, we're we're hammering these players at the minute, and that's probably that's fair because they've been. They deserve to, it. Yeah. They deserve it. They haven't been very good. Um, you don't want to go too extreme, but is it is it too extreme to say it's starting to look like Mateus Pereira made a lot of these players look a lot better than they actually are? Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's the question I was referring to that we've had today. 
Um, yeah, there's potential for that, isn't there? That is yeah. definitely, definitely a possibility. I mean, let's be honest, Mateus Pereira was a very, very good Premier League player. In the Championship, he was embarrassingly good, wasn't he? He was the best player in the, probably in the league, wasn't he? In the yeah. Championship. It'd be him and Calvin Phillips now, wouldn't it? The ones that because he was in the, at the same time, but yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's start it's starting to look. It's starting to. If, if, if anyone wants to make that argument, it's starting to. It's very very hard to argue against it. I would say now. Um, other factors as well. I think. Um, I think Hal Robson Carney made a difference, mate. We haven't had a striker all season. Yeah. Um, personally, think even even Charlie Austin. I think. That that was an issue at front. Obviously, Grady was flying. Um, yeah, there's so so many so many, The team was better balanced. I think uh, it was it, for all Slavin's sort of for for, for there's, there's there's critics of Slavin in his time at Albion, but the teams he put together were way more balanced than the teams we've seen under. Well, I'd say the team we've Val's team basically the team that's been managed by Val and Steve Bruce. It's just not. I just wouldn't say it's very well balanced. Um, no. Val Val was obviously very very strong defensively, um, but a player like Romain Sawyer's feeding passes to Mateus Pereira it just sort of worked. Um, gotta say actually, just on a random tangent, we've done two of our podcasts so far with our summer guests, um, Hal Robson Carney being one, Sam Field being the other. And Slavin comes out of them very well, doesn't he? Very well, yeah. Just just reflecting on them, you know, especially in in terms of what sort of um, Hal Robson Carnot was saying. Yeah, he's uh, he's very well thought of. Very well thought of, yeah. Sort of, yeah. And we um, um, we asked Hal about sort of the fitness thing and stuff about lockdown and stuff. It's it, it's very interesting. I think I'm looking forward to them coming out and seeing people's reactions to them, but. Yeah, back to the Coventry game. The belief thing was, I thought that was fascinating by Robbins afterwards. I think he's bang on. He just didn't, because it did have this pre-season feel. It was like Coventry went onto the field never once thinking they'd ever finish in yeah. the playoffs, which, don't get me wrong, it was unlikely, like where they were in the table. But um, yeah, they didn't have that, they didn't have that, I don't know what the word is, but that fight really. Yeah. Um, and Alvin didn't have it. Um, and, that, and that was that. It just petered out into a very bland game. Um, of which obviously Carl and Grant missed the penalty with, with basically the last kick wasn't a penalty in hindsight um, I thought it was at the time but it wasn't um, yeah and the big talking point I would say just from the game because look there's much bigger talking points I don't want to go on about it too long no. but I put this tweet out and I, and I absolutely stand by it um, and it is that Co- Coventry were better than us on Saturday in terms of how they move the ball in terms of how technically gifted they are in terms of passing the ball through the lines, moving it through the thirds, just just the way they pass the ball um, is better than us, and that I think that has been the same. I can't remember. I think that's virtually every team in the championship now is technically better than us. Technically, certainly teams that are sort of. I do. I think maybe like you look at. I mean, Swansea are obviously technically better than us, but. Yeah. There's so many teams that, like Blackburn, I mean, obviously Blackburn had a great result even though they're pushing for the playoffs now, but they're so, they're so much better than us on the ball. Um, and I didn't cover Albion when Tony Mowbray was in charge, but you always, apparently I've heard that he would often use the quote, lovely soft feet, when talking about a player. You say, oh, he's got lovely soft feet. Oh, he's got, he's got lovely feet. Oh, he's got lovely soft feet. Apparently he said it an awful lot. Um, Albion's players got rock hard feet at the moment because none of them can. Uh, well, maybe we have a lot yeah. of players that had lovely yeah. soft feet. In fairness to him, but 
I can't think of any Albion player today that Tony Mowbray would describe as having lovely soft feet. I think That's the name of this podcast episode now. Lovely soft Everyone, everyone will be wondering what it's about. Um, I think Callum Robinson maybe is technically is a technically good player. I'd, I'd say Callum Robinson's probably got lovely soft feet when he's on his game and he's playing well. I can't stop laughing when you say <laughs> that. <laughs> you know? Lovely soft feet. Lovely soft feet. He's got lovely soft feet. Uh, I'd, I'd, oh god! I wish we had some players with lovely stuff. I mean, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't think of like any. You're any. right, and I can't. I think you can't. You can't. You you talk about Blackburn when Blackburn came to Albion. It was nil nil. I think it was Steve Bruce's first game, wasn't it? And even though it was nil nil, Blackburn. You know, they popped the ball around. You know, players like Rothwell. They've got in the you know in the high end of the pitch. I can't remember the last time Albion did that or scored a goal like carved the side open or carved chances yeah they, they've had decent moves for the de- games this season but I think you're right you know and that we haven't not seen that at Albion for so long certainly in the championship yeah I agree it's, it's like you know, I'm just looking for the, like, the lad who I was thinking of at Blackburn um, so I think I've, I've been critical of the championship all season Um in terms of the quality of it. And I do stand by that. I do think it's a very, very poor division. And I do think it's utterly atrocious that Albion are 13th. But it's become quite it's become quite a technical division. It's surprising um, just how technical it is now. Um, and it's got a lot of these technically gifted footballers. What I would say is, the big difference for me between the Premier League and the Championship is the physicality of players. Um, like if you... I can remember covering games when I was like, like working in like League 1, League 2, covering... Shrewsbury against Chelsea, Walsall against Chelsea. And when you get pitch side and these players walk past you, so, so someone like Gary Cahill, for example, who no one, no one would think Gary Cahill is an absolute man-mountain, but he's an absolute man-mountain. Like, in the Premier League, they're just different species. Like, they're just monsters, really. And, and I think... But I think... And they have that technical ability as well. Whereas I think in the championship, there's a lot of players who have that technical ability, but they haven't got the physicality to yeah. play right at the top. Um, and that is what we can see, sort of. I think, like, likes of Blackburn. Like, I, don't, I might be being harsh to some of these players because, like, they, they might go on to the Premier League and be great. But they've got, like, a player, John Buckley in the number 10 role. Lovely little footballer. Lovely little footballer. Lovely soft feet. Lovely, he's got lovely soft feet, mate. <laughs> Then they had a winger. I'm not sure if it's this Kadira lad. I'm not sure if it is him or not. Um, but like he came off the bench against us. Lovely soft feet. Um, but like we've got none of that. We've got none of it. And do you know what? The reason why we haven't got none of it is because Valerian Ishmael doesn't want those type of players. That's the truth of it. Like we, he built he built a squad to be based on playing direct and playing with energy and playing with aggression and stuff and. He basically completely got rid of what I would say is quality, really, for being honest. I mean, but mm. that's not, I'm not saying that's wrong. Like, you can't, there's more than one it's, way to play football. It's, um, wrong, it's wrong if you're not getting results, isn't it? But it's yeah. wrong if you're not getting results, yeah. yeah. And look, he did very well at Barnsley, but the plan didn't work at Albion. And, the, and he's essentially left Steve Bruce with a squad um, that is technically poor, um, I would say. Because even yeah. players like, with the greatest respect to like Matt Phillips, on his day, Matt Phillips is such a good championship player. Like he's a very good, 
he can get at players, he can he'll work hard, he can run with pace, he can send an across, he's a goal threat. But he's not he's not technically brilliant. He's just but he can be very, very, very efficient. He can be pleasing on the eye. Like he can he can be a very, very exciting winger. But it doesn't make him like technically amazing. He's technically okay, but so it's just yeah, it's just those type of players that we're we're badly lacking. And you can see it in these games. We just haven't got any like invention to us, any spark, any just sort of no creators as well. No creators, just little give and goes and just moving the ball around the corner and moving it with pace and it's also like Taylor Garlinkman's got a chance to be fair. Um and he's positive on the ball. Um but yeah. I mean it's, <laughs> You're ranting again. I'm ranting, it's alarming. You're ranting about feet. I'm it's alarming how technically <laughs> bad Albion are. It and is, they I are think, technically bad. I think you're right. Just the final thing from from just Co- well, Coventry, Redding and Barnsley really. You know, if you're an Albion player, you know, you've put in that performance against Coventry on Saturday. There is going to be an overhaul, you know, a rebuild, whatever you want to call it. A lot of these players aren't going to be there next season. Yes, they're, they're going to, some of them will get paid up, but they've still got fine clubs. Mm. You know, so if you're an Albion player in your head in these last two games, surely even personal pride or, you know, just putting yourself in the shop window. You know, because if they do, if Albion turn up and, you know, they can put performances in, they should get six points out of the last two games. You know, fans will think that's ridiculous, it seems what we've seen in the last however many months. But they can, and it's just more about fight and determination in these last two games more than anything. You know, if they put them in, they're not gonna, not only going to get results, or hopefully get results, but you know, do themselves favours for for when they're sort of life after Albion. Yeah, yeah is that sort of a fair assessment? Yeah, very very fair assessment. I think I'll answer that more in detail. Everyone's going to want to know why is Steve Bruce yeah. staying on as manager, and I think the the reason why Steve Bruce is staying on as manager is also the same reason. A lot of these players can be a bit half soaked in the remaining of the season, um, but yeah, we'll get into that, mate. We'll get into that. Sorry, I was going to start now, ranting. Mate. I was going to start now. ranting then. Oh, go um, on. No, not ranting, but we'll, we'll, we will get into it later on because um, we've got a few, uh, just a few um, sort of news points and stuff. Something that's you know, as as I've sent on our over on our script, Joe. Something that Albion fans have been sort of divided on and debated in the last few weeks and, and or the last week um, and others have talked about is Steve Bruce saying that Albion players have got to live within I think it's an hour or an hour and a half of the training ground um, a lot of this emphasis on moving nearer to the Hawthorns with a lot of players travelling you know some from as far away as Brighton coming to West Brom um, but he's getting a bit of stick at the moment Joe you know he said that people have asked if he's going to move because he lives over an hour and a half away um, and he said no, and give his reasons for it. What? Just want to just discuss this point for a second. What? What's your opinion on it? Because it seems to be dividing some people at the moment. So it's this is one of those that I'm. So it's interesting this because we can as we as we talk about this now. So I've, we're recording this at twenty five to one on Wednesday. I've been off this morning. Um, um, I'm on a twelve eight shift today. So I went I went to town this morning and did some shopping for my little boy's christening um, on Sunday. And um, got stopped by an Albion fan. Love you know. Um, and, and I'm going to steal his point actually later in this podcast because <laughs> uh, he made a very good one. Um, but yeah, the, I'm surprised. Right, just in terms of the just in terms of the moving first and foremost, this is this 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 is a good example to me about how no matter what you say or do, someone will disagree with you because I cannot believe for one minute 
anyone would think that it's a bad idea to have Albion players move have to be within one hour of the training ground. Um, there are some people who think it's not the way it should be done. There are they. They're sort of. I think their main argument is that they're worried that um, that it'll put off players from signing. Um, I would say if they don't want to live an hour away, then they don't have then and they don't if they don't if they're not willing to live within an hour's commute to the training ground, then we don't want them in the first place. This is absolutely staggering, um, staggering for me for two reasons. One, well. Let's just start on the base point. Alvin have nine players, we believe. It's our understanding nine players travel over an hour and a half every single day to training. So they're in a car for three hours. So first and foremost, that's just not good for their career. Yeah, that's just not good for their performance levels. It's just, it's not good for anyone to be sat, for a professional athlete to be sat in a car for that amount of time. It's just not a good idea. And the next thing, and this is the big one, if you have got an hour and a half commute or more when you finish work, the moment you finish work, you leave. You do not want to be sticking around for 10 minutes, for half an hour, for an hour. Um, and when you know you've got an hour and a half journey ahead of you and you've probably got things to do back home. I don't know how many Albion players have got kids, but let's say they train, they finish at one o'clock. They might have to pick up their kids at three, yeah? So if they've got an hour and a half commute, they've immediately got to go. As soon as that last ball's kicked, as soon as the bibs, whatever they've got to do, they've got to be in and out and gone. That is not good. That is not good for team spirit. And I cannot see how anyone can think it is. What you want, and I've seen it firsthand, but not Albion, I saw it at Walsall, is you want the training ground to be a place where everybody wants to be. They're professional footballers. Any, any lad listening to this now, if you can spend time with your mates, 10 lads, whatever, let's be honest, 10 lads together, you have a laugh, don't you? No matter what you're doing, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you don't have to be in a pub, you don't have to be, you, could, you just have a laugh because the banner, the banner will be flying, it's just nice to be together. And that is what you want it to be. You want, as soon as training's finished, them all to go into the canteen or them all to go to this area, them all to go to that area, be having a laugh, be having a mess about, no one in a rush to leave and them enjoying themselves. And that is what creates team spirit. And at the moment, Albion's players are getting driven to training. They're getting out of the car. All right, they're getting changed together. They're training. And they get in the car and they go home again. That's just not good. I just can't believe anyone would think this is a good thing. Like, it's just not, it's just not right. And if it means we miss out on one or two players, then so be it. If it means we've actually got a team spirit. Because as, can anyone hand on heart say having watched Albion this season, that we've got a team spirit. Do we look like we're like a band of brothers? Because we don't, do we? Let's be honest. Like, we just don't. Um, so if anyone thinks this is wrong, it, it, you'd honestly, like, you, it's just, this is, this is the right thing to do. Steve Bruce is doing the right thing here. Um, he's absolutely doing the right thing. Second thing is, and Bruce mentioned this himself, and this is what's interesting about the media, because... He meant, I, I think I asked him, I keep asking him about this moving close thing. I've asked him about it a couple of times in presses recently. And he mentioned when I'm in one of the answers, people are going to throw it back at me and they're going to say, I have to move. Yeah. Now, I just included that 300 words into my story. I didn't think it was that big a deal. He explained why he doesn't, he feels he doesn't have to move. And that's that. I put those quotes out today. 
everyone, loads of national newspapers have completely flipped that story on its head and basically said, the intro is, their story is, Steve Bruce has told his players to move, but he doesn't think he should have to. Now, personally, I think my story is a fair reflection because he, at which point he said it, I've included it. But he's right. It doesn't matter if he moves or not because... He's not the one who's the professional athlete. One, he's not the one who's the professional athlete. And two, managers work 10 times harder than players do. Managers don't, managers don't, they don't switch off, do they? You know, managers are at the training all, ground yeah. before the players. Steve Bruce is always there before the players. He always leaves after the players. There's no, there's no, there's no question. There, there will be days when people who like, let's look, let's just pick random examples, but Carl Bartley and Alex Moet both live in Yorkshire, right? There will be days when Steve Bruce is at that training ground before they've set off and they'll be, they'll have trained and they'll be back in Yorkshire and Steve Bruce will still be there with his coaching staff. It's not, it's completely irrelevant. It's complete, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Valerian Ishmael, I don't know what hour Steve Bruce does, but Valerian Ishmael was basically there from 6am to 6pm every single day. So you you can't, it's just not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Um, and it's, un, it's, un, it's unfair, really, to label it. It's just, it's just, it's just, yeah, but you wouldn't know that if, it's, like, it's not, it's, and perhaps like it's not easy to know things like that, but. Yeah, it's not fair. It's not just fair. Play, just playing devil's advocate here, on, not on that point, but saying that, you know, you're missing out on a player safe, for argument's sake. He set this, like, hour and a half rule, hasn't he? Say you've got... Say, the the for example, I'm just making a name, you know, Joe Massey is the best free agent on the market in the Championship in the summer, and he wants to come to Albion, but he lives two and a half hours or two hours, 15 minutes away. But he wants to come to Albion. Albion can agree personal terms. They want him to come. Do you sort of cut your nose off to spite your face or, you know, stick by your principles? Or do you, you know, tweak it a bit in the summer and regain, you know, go back on your on your word almost? No, you, st- you, you stick to the rules because Albion are an absolute mess. Like, they're in an absolute mess. They need a complete overhaul. They need a rebuild. And do they need that discipline as well, almost? That, there's that maybe that lack of discipline there at the moment. You know, we've seen it evidently on the pitch. But obviously, it's there off the pitch because, you know, that's probably, they wouldn't be where they are. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. No, there's no there's no special measures. Not even for Mateus Pereira. Like, you, yeah. you've got to, everyone's got to live within an hour of the training ground and closer, really. Um, and, yeah, you've got to stick to it. And if we miss out on one or two, we miss out on one or two. It's bigger, there's way bigger problem. It's a way bigger problem than missing out on a player. It really yeah. is. It really, really is, in my opinion. Yeah. It is, you know, like you say, it has been blown out and, you know, them flipped national headlines, you would expect nothing less from certain, you know, some publications. But, but yeah, it does seem to be a bit of a storm in a teacup, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, that's been the main talking point of the last um, the last few weeks. Just a, a few little things. Um, I know Steve Bruce has sort of indicated he's going to speak to the USA manager about Daryl DK. They've got two friendlies in the summer. Um, in June, um, DK still coming back from injury. Um, from your indication, from Bruce Joe, is he sort of confident he can sort of keep Bruce in the UK and keep him uh, on his rehab? Yeah, well, it would appear so. We'll um, I'll ask Bruce about that again on Friday. So when, when he was asked last Friday, um, and yeah, he said he was basically planning to speak to 
USA officials in the coming days. So, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed he doesn't go. Um, it's going to be touch and go, though. I mean, look, DK, I think DK's probably in a position now where he would say he's fit to play. He said he would, he, I mean, he did an interview with the Athletics and he thought he could maybe feature the last couple of games of the season. It's going to be hard to keep him out of those games if he is fit. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Going to be, going to be, uh, it'd be interesting to see what Bruce has got to say on that this this week. Yeah, just finally before we get on to questions, because we've got an awful lot of them. And this is just something I've been writing down just from reading what Bruce has been saying over the last week. You know, it's almost every story now, isn't it, Joe? You know, new look squad, rebuild, wheeling and dealing. Albion fans are going to get, you know, a team, a different team. Does that indicate that Albion are now, because a lot of Albion fans have said, oh, they're not going to pay players up. We can't afford to pay players up. We can't do this. We can't do that. Which, yeah, they're right to be worried about. Does the amount that, you know, the words that Bruce is saying, coming out all the time and saying this, indicate that behind the scenes there are plans in place, you know, to stump up cash to pay players off, get them out of the club or, you know, move them on. Does that indicate that there is a strategy strategy there just because of the amount we're hearing about it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely that. Absolutely that. Um, there has to... Bruce has had to go to the board and... You all right, mate? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm still here. Is that annoying then? I don't know. Oh, no, did you? <laughs> uh, well, I was all right. Um, Bruce has had to go to the board and basically say, look, this is what needs to happen. Are you on board with it? Like, do you agree? He wants to overhaul the squad massively. Completely, completely change it, basically. Um, and he's, every, he is saying that everyone's on the same page. I think he's due to speak to... Yeah, so... As, as, yeah, every, as far as I'm aware, he'll be asked to get it back this week, but... The board are behind him that in making those changes. Every everyone agrees that this squad basically needs ripping up, um, and however they need to do it, they will do it um, by basically whatever means necessary. We said before in this podcast a million times. Bruce keeps talking about Bosman transfers and free agents and stuff. I think that's telling. Um, look, no one, no one's cash rich in the championship really after the pandemic, but. Albion will have parachute payments. They have got some money. There's no point in saying they haven't because they will have. But I think some you, we've said before, I hope it doesn't come to this. I, I don't necessarily think it will, actually. Um, but look, if Albion have to pay players off, I think they have to pay players off. And I think fans have to get maybe get their head around that in terms of, I would rather pay one or two off. Would you rather pay a million? Maybe if it meant not paying a million, if it meant signing one player who's a free agent over another one that would cost a million pounds... I'll give you an example. Lenahan at Blackburn, centre-half, free agent this summer, good player. If you could sign him for a free and not pay a million pounds for Matt Clark, but pay off Carl Bartley, would you do it? I think Probably. these are the type of decisions yeah. that, that are, are, are coming out. I think that's why... That's why um, Bruce is talking about free agents a lot. I'm not saying Carbart is going to be paid off. I'm just saying it's an option. He's on the bench at the minute. To me, he's a player that I think I think he's a don't get me wrong. I think he's a very good defender. I think he's a good player, but I think he might benefit from a move, and I think Albion might benefit from moving him on. I think he's lost his way um, last couple of months. So, for example, I think that's 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 the road you could go down. It would mean not getting Matt Clark, which would be a shame because I think he's been Albion's best defender this season. Um, but you could bring in Lenahan for free and get rid of Carl Bartley and save yourself. And, and then maybe the Matt Clark fee. There's your Matt Clark fee. 
Yeah. It's gone to Carl Bartley, but it's options like that. This, it can be wheeled. It definitely, definitely can be done. It de- I don't, the, more, the one thing I will say about Steve Bruce is the more I talk to him, the more he talks about this, the more convinced I am that he can overhaul this squad. I'm absolutely convinced he will get players out the door. Um, which I think is what, um, which I think is what the vast majority of fans want. Yeah, and you can understand. I think from a you know this will bring on to another question. One of the first questions we're going to answer that brings you on to yes, fans. You know everyone's right to 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 question. You know why Bruce is going to be there next season. You know Albion have slipped, haven't they? From I think we were fifth when he took over sixth, fifth when he took over. Now in thirteenth, drab run. Um, but like you say, you know he's saying saying all the right things. He's done it before. You know, overhaul the squad. You know, he's got the experience and he knows who the bad apples are now. We've when we've said it before. If another manager came in in the summer, you know, they might try and give some of these players a chance. Um, when a lot of us know that they're not going to cut it and and they need to get out of the to get out of the squad, the squad, or leave, you know, leave the club. That just brings me on to this question: Do you think the club have have overlooked the fan base when making the decision on Bruce because they seem to have made the decision so fast and that has led to many loyal fans who I know like my dad and many other mates who go every week who say they're not renewed their season tickets see I think so we can answer I can say what I want to say in this question but uh, the interesting thing is I'm I'm talking 100% honestly here so I keep bumping into Albion fans all of a sudden like it's um, when 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 I speak to Albion fans in person Every single one of them, I ask them, what is your, what's your opinion on Steve Bruce? And no one has said to me he should go. Now, that's the truth. That's the truth. Um, I've only spoken to sort of like seven or eight, um, all male, all like over 40, um, age range. Um, and they've all said, no, we're not sure. There's no doubt Twitter wants him gone, but Twitter wants every manager gone. Um, so I think they have overlooked the fan base because I think we did a poll on the website. I think, but it wasn't as it wasn't as categoric as Twitter would suggest. It wasn't a million miles away from if the answers answers were, do you want Steve Bruce to go? I think it was like fifty percent said yes, they do. Twenty five percent said no. Twenty five percent said undecided. So that would almost make it 50-50. I don't think it's quite as strong. I really don't think that the opinion against Bruce is as strong as Twitter suggests it is. Um, And that's just from my own sort of evidence and from that that poll on on our website. I think what we have to do is explain why Steve Bruce is staying. Um, And it really is basically as simple as what you've just said. But I think people aren't... Aren't cut, like, I think people are thinking that's a lazy answer, almost. But it's not. Sometimes. Because, no, but it's not. But I think that's what Albion fans think. We shouldn't just be keeping him because of that. All football managers, I don't know if the word is arrogant, but for, for want of a better word, let's just go with arrogant for now. Arrogance. All football managers believe that they, are the, they have the right way, to, they are doing things the right way. And that they can do things that other managers can't. That they can be the ones to unlock potential. 
that they can be the ones to get the best out of players, that their system, blah, blah, blah. They all believe that. They have to believe that. You're not, you're not, why say I want a better word than arrogance? I do want a better word than arrogance because you have to have that belief. You have to have that. Yeah, confidence. It's a bit stronger than confidence. It's somewhere between confidence and arrogance. But you, you've got to have that faith in yourself. You've got, to, yeah. you've got to back yourself in that way. So all managers have that. And to steal the point the bloke who I bumped into earlier said, the prime example of this is Oliver Burke. Now, everyone listening to this podcast probably agrees that Chris Wilder is a very, very good manager. They probably also agree that Albion absolutely screwed up last summer not appointing Chris Wilder. But Chris Wilder thought he could... We, all Albion fans watch Oliver Burke and knew no chance, yeah? He's not going to cut it. But Chris Wilder thought he could get something out of him. And he couldn't. And there are so... Every manager's like that. Every manager looks at players and says, no, I can get something out of them. And I think Albion's board... Well, when, like, my understanding of the situation is that Albion's board and Steve Bruce have looked at this squad and they have gone, no. We can't get anything these, out of them. These, these players have got to go. There are too many players now that underperformed under Sam Allardyce, they underperformed under Valerian Ishmael, and now they're underperforming under Steve Bruce. There's too many of them. So they don't want those players there anymore. So they are looking at it as in going, oh, do you know what? If a manager comes in and goes, look, I don't want to use Gregory Dingano as an example because like, we, all, we all love him and we're all de- we all know he's the most talented player in Albion's squad, really, and we're all desperate to see him succeed. But he now hasn't played for three managers. So if Albion want him to go, I'm not saying they do, I'm just saying this is pure example. But he hasn't played for three managers now. A new manager will come in and probably go, yeah, I can get something out of Grady Dean Garner. Or I, I can get something out of Callum Robinson. Or I can get something out of this player. And they, honestly, that logic is so true. Managers will think that way. They will look at this. Steve Bruce did it. Steve Bruce, at his unveiling, talked about Albion's squad and said... It's got a good enough squad. On paper, we've got a brilliant squad. He said it. That's what he said. I've looked at the squad and we've got enough to be challenging for automatic promotion. I tell you what, I sit in opposite manage, opposing managers' press conferences and, at the Hawthorns and they all say exactly the same thing. They're a team with Premier League quality. They all say that about Albion. They're, they've, all, they've got Premier League quality. So like, we've come here, got a draw. Like Mark Robbins said, they're, oh, they're a team with Premier League quality. Uh, Critchley, the Blackpool manager, they got Premier League quality. Blah 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 blah. No, we haven't, mate. No, we haven't. We're thirteenth in the Championship. We've been atrocious for an entire season. If we're being honest, we've been atrocious for two seasons because we were atrocious in the Premier League. We haven't got Premier League quality. What we've got is bang average Championship quality at this moment in time, and the table proves that. But you look at our team. You look at our squad on paper and everyone thinks we've got Premier League quality. We haven't. As we said at the start of this podcast, we are technically atrocious. So this is what the situation that Albion are finding themselves in and this is why Albion's board believe that Steve Bruce is the man to turn things around because A, he knows that this squad needs a mass overhaul and there is, I'm underlining the word mass, like it's going to be big. It's going to be bigger than people think. And 
Secondly, he is very, very good at building squads. He's done it before. He, he begged Stilden Borrow players for when he was in charge of Birmingham to get them to get them up. He nicked free from Arsenal. He signed on free. He's got a couple on loan. He took a couple of players from Bolton on free transfers. He begged Stilden Borrow to build that team. He got them promoted. Did he, he did the same at Villa. He had no money when he went into Villa. Everyone knows what a mess they were at the top. And he got that team. He ripped up that team and built a team that finished got lost in the playoff final. Now, he said he used the example in that. I think is it Nathan Baker, the centre back. Yeah. Um, I think he's at Stoke now. Good player. But he said he got rid of Nathan Baker, and it allowed him to sign John Terry. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's anyone listening to this podcast that's a massive fan of John Terry in terms of a person. But in terms of quality, in terms of quality, centre back quality doesn't. It, let's be honest, it, it doesn't get much better. So. These, these are the t- Bruce can wheel wheel and deal. Bruce can wheel and deal, and I gotta say, and this will annoy people, but he's he's charming. He's charming, and, I, yeah. and look if you let's say John Swift. Look, we know Albion want John Swift, or they scouted John Swift. If it's Steve Bruce sits down with John Swift, do you know what? I back him to get him over the line over anyone else, because Albion are a big draw. They're going to pay big wages. Now, Steve Bruce is a nice guy, like he's charismatic, he's like, ill. you'd want to play for him. If you were a player like that, you'd want to, if you, I think you'd want to play for him. Um, so, they're the reasons why Steve Bruce is staying. And I've I got to say, I do think there is man, a lot of managers, a, a lot of managers will come in and they would give some of these players a chance. And I think anyone who's watched them for 46 games this season knows the vast majority, a lot of them don't deserve another chance. They really don't. Um, so that's why, that is why Steve Bruce is staying. Twofold, really. A new manager would need too much time. And also, his track record shows he's good at wheeling and dealing and building championship squads. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the black country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place. Or alternatively, you can call 01902 Being an adoptive parent can be challenging, but it also brings great rewards. If you're interested in finding out more, please contact Adoption at Heart today by visiting adoptionatheart.org.uk. That's probably my favourite Massey rant of the season. It's not a rant. Um, that was more... not a rant, but an insightful, long monologue. It was an explainer. What do you call it an explainer. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Not a rant. An explainer. Um, but yeah, that that'll answer an awful lot of questions that I'm now flicking Sorry, through mate. on my uh, my Twitter feed, which will be good because we don't have to ask them all then. Um, next question. I think we're all in agreement. This is one of the worst squads ever assembled. With that being the case, how is it possible that Ian Pierce is still in a job? Now I know you said a couple of things earlier in the pod. Well, earlier in the season, you know, regarding Ian Pearce and what does he do and stuff like that. And, you know, is he going to be part of the overhaul this summer, Joe? 
given the squad that Albion have got at the moment and it's been assembled under his watch? So Ron Gourlay was asked about Ian Pearce um, when I had that sit down with him a couple of years ago. It was getting on now, two months, six weeks, I don't know when it was. Um, and yeah, it was interesting sort of interesting conversation about Ian Pearce in terms of, look, I've been critical of him on his podcast um, in terms of what does he do. I think there is a massive... Right, so first and foremost, Ron Gourlay said a lot. He, doesn't, he firmly doesn't believe that a lot of the problems are down to Ian Pearce. He said if you look at the players Ian Pearce has scoured over the years and he has, he has um, seen those lists, players that Ian Pearce found but Albion basically didn't decide to move for, he was like, you'd actually be very impressed with the list that Ian Pearce has produced. The other thing, the big thing with Ian Pearce, and I think this is something Albion, I don't know if they can address it, um, but he has got a title that um, makes him sound a lot grander than he actually is. So his, what is he? Head of recruitment. His title is head of recruitment, um, which to me kind of sounds like a technical director. Um it sounds very important and it sounds like, yeah, it, he's basically in charge of signings. Mm. But what we do know from sort of the Luke Dowling, Slavin Bilic era is that, and Ian Pearce was there, is that Slavin Bilic and Luke Dowling signed, signed all the players. It, it, it was what Ian Pearce's say was very, very minor. So More of a chief scout. So, and they, exactly, exactly. So that is how my... I've sort of been explained Ian Pierce's job that he's actually chief scout. He essentially runs a team of scouts who go and watch players and then compile reports and then give those reports to decision makers. He is not a decision maker. Um, and I think if when he joined the club, he was given that job title of chief scout rather than head of recruitment, then I think perhaps some of the things I said in the past and perhaps some of the fanfare, it probably explains why Ian Pearce is so behind the scenes and we never hear from him or never see him or anything like that. That's why he's never been for that coffee with you in Starbucks. Yeah. Ones. He did walk past me in the press room a couple of weeks ago and looked at me and I was like, oh, I wonder if he hasn't listened to the podcast. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think he's actually further down the chain than his job title would suggest, which I think, as we, if we're being honest, as we record this now, is a bit unfortunate. Um, but there we go. I think he'll be on the football board. Yeah. But for example, like we know Albion want head of football operations. So Ian Pierce is, it doesn't sound like Ian Pierce is going to be head of football operations. So I think that sort of tells you his standing as well. Like if, but to me, the head of recruitment is the head of football operations. What's the difference? Like, it's, yeah. like it's, but he isn't going to be that. They're searching for that role. So I think you can see that... I'm repeating myself, but I think he's been a bit had by his job title. I think yeah. he, he has got a much grander job title than actually his job. Yeah, yeah. Um, good question here from Ruben Thompson. Unpopular opinion... But do you think re-signing Andy Carroll would be a backward step? No doubt about what he has done since he has come here. However, we all no doubt want a younger, fresher team with some pace, which is desperately needed. We'll be keen to know what you think. What do you think, Joe? We've sung Carroll's praises, haven't we, since he came in January? You know, I, even speaking to a few sort of 
non-Albin fans last week asking me who's been Albin's best player this season. I, even I said Andy Carroll, arguably, and he's only been here since January. Um, what, what's your thoughts? You know, we, we know from your story today in the Express and Star that um, talks are going to take place between him and Bruce. You know, do you think it's it would be a backward step keeping him on, or a, or a, a positive move? Um, I'm very fifty-fifty on it, which is strange, really, because I'm such a big Andy Carroll fan. Um, as in, I have been throughout his career, and we've talked about that before on the podcast, how highly I rated him. I think I've always said if he didn't have his injuries, I think he could have been world class. And yeah, and part of me wants to see DK and Carroll up front together. Um, my worry is there's so many reasons. Look, I, look. If if I if if I had to make a decision right now. Do you keep him? Do you not? Then I I do keep him. If I'm honest, I do, um, because I think he's a leader. Because he gives you all. Because he's so good in the air. He's absolutely ridiculously good in the air. Um, also, look, I'm definitely on the on the side of keeping him, but I am on the fence, and I'm on the fence because for multiple reasons. One, I do think the game's moved on in terms of like, yeah, he isn't mobile. He he isn't mobile. Um, you have you have to comp- you have to play to his strengths really. You have to get balls into the box, which Albion could do. So that's why I would probably keep him. But he is thirty three. He has had a career blighted by injury, um, and Albion have got to get players out. Let's be clear about this. They've got to move players on. Um, and while we're saying on one hand it, they will do it and they will, and it, but it's not going to be easy. It, they're not going to, for example, a player who they might pay off their contract. They're going to wait a while to do that they're not just going to end the season and pay him off they're going to hope that they can get rid of that player, that player yeah. by selling him or give, give, like getting him to a, let's say someone let's say whoever's on 20 grand if he's out of contract this someone who's on 20 grand a week Albion could pay him off and just go alright there's your 20 grand a week off you go or they could wait hope someone comes in and offers them 12 grand a week and then they only have to pay them 8 grand a week off so they're, they're not going to just not just going to literally f- throw They've got to, there's got to be some sort of business sense to what they do. There's got to be, they'll want them out, but they've got, there's got to be some sort of logic to it. So I think you need players to go. Obviously, Sam Johnson will go. Big earner, by the way. Big earner, Sam Johnston. Um, almost, we're probably at the point where Sam, Albion could probably get two players for Sam Johnston's wage. Um, so you're possibly getting two in, two new faces in for... Sam Johnston, Matt Clark, if he goes, obviously you stop paying his wages, I've been paying his wages, so look, if Matt Clark goes, you've got another player you can bring in there, if Andy Carroll goes, you've got another player you can bring in there, there's four There's four changes you've made, and you haven't even tried, so I think Daryl DK will be the top striker next season, I think Carlin Grant will be with him, um, so there's reasons to keep him, there's reasons not, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, Clear cut, and also he lives far away. He, he's one of these that are over an hour and a half away, and Andy Carroll's got a young family. So will Andy Carroll be willing to live within an hour of the training ground? I don't. I'm not sure he will. I mean, he's absolutely loaded, so he can certainly rent um, an apartment close by. It won't be an issue for him. Um, but will he want to do it? Will he want to be away from his kids? So all these things the way up, aren't they? Yeah, all these things to weigh up. So I think it's very, very. Um, like I said, 
if it was me, I'm just on the side of keeping him. What do I expect to happen? I'm just on the side I expect him to go. But I really think it's 50-50, really. It's yeah. like, it could go either way, that one. I don't That's think there's a clear case, clear cut argument either way. That's a good question. Good question from uh, Ruben Thompson. Thanks for your question, Ruben. Um, I'm going to ask for a quick-fire answer from you on this, Joe. Okay. In your honest, well, it says, on, in your honest opinions, um, how many of the current crop can we realistically see either going can- contract cancelled or being sold this summer? If, you had, if I had to ask you for a number now, what would you say? Can I do the opposite and can I do staying? Go on then. But I you've think, got to do it quick. I think categorically, next season at Albion will be David Button, Josh Griffiths, Dar Roche, Shemi Ajay, Connor Townsend, Taylor Garner-Hickman. Did I say Dar Roche? Yeah. Taylor Garner-Hickman, Daryl DK, Carlin Grant. With the exception of those players... I wouldn't be surprised to see anyone go. And I think a large portion of them will. How many? I don't know. Hey, how can I say it? Like, I've probably, there's probably 14 players there that I haven't said. How, I can't sit here and say, I think 12 of them are going to go and then 10 go. Like, I don't know how many of them are going to go. But I think, I think a large portion of them will. But I think the others I've said, I think we'll be there. Other than that, I think everyone's got a massive, massive question mark on their future. There you go, John Simmons. You asked for a number. You've got players' names as well. You've got an even better answer. Um, let's have a look at a few more. We're edging towards an hour now, but we've got so many good questions. Um, just a quick one on this one. Darren Price. Was Saturday a missed opportunity to play Ethan Ingram with Furlong suspended? Bruce has praised him previously, and it was odd seeing Reach played out of position at right back. Um, yeah. Ingram... Ingram's he's like the question's bang on. Like Bruce has as mentioned Ingram in press conferences recently. Um there's something about him. There is. Um he looks like he's got a chance. Um for me, he is um desperately needs to go out on loan. Desperately. Yeah. Needs next season needs to be in League Two or League One. Um and it's sort of coming back to the Reyes Cleary thing really where I feel like we're getting stronger and stronger on this podcast and we're being more, we're being harsher to individuals and we don't mean to be, and certainly like the lad I'm about to be harsh about, but I think the prime example at the moment is Joe Van Malcolm, who every time I've seen him play for the under-23s is without doubt one of the better players. He is. Um, However... He badly struggled on loan at Accrington and he struggled on loan at Solihull. Now, no one, the clamour for kids to be played, play the kids, play the kids, play the kids. But no one ever shouts, take someone out of the conference and play them. Yeah. And that's that's the standard we're talking. Like, you, I just don't think people really, like, we talk about it a lot, but the clamour to play the kids... Bruce would love to play the kids. He talks about Taylor Gardner Hinkland being one of our own all the time. Um, if they were good enough now, they, they, he would play them, wouldn't yeah, he? Because, he you know, would. He's not going to not play them if they're not good enough when he's seen the he drops really that would. he's seen in the last two, he three really months. He really would. He really would play them. He really would. But they're not ready. Yeah, that's the, the cut and short of it. Next question, Jack Stace. Um, are Albion tracking Jed Wallace as a free agent in the summer? Joe's already reported Albion's interest in John Swift. 
Wallace is a similar player, but has proven has a proven record for goals and assists over many seasons in the Championship. Now, when you've talked about free agents, Joe, you have mentioned that Jed Wallace is out there. Um, is he someone that Albion could go for? No comment. No comment. Oh. <laughs> the mystery. Let's move on to the next one. Let's Let keep me guessing. Story. Let me see what I can find out. Yeah. Because I'd like to think so, but I can't. Let's see. But let's get Jed Wallace if we can. Yeah. Brilliant player. Brilliant player. Bag his broadcast campaign to get Jed Wallace in the West Brom shirt next season. Yeah. Um, quick one from Jack Griffiths. Any idea on season tickets? We've been seeing rumours floating around that they're going to be increased. Personally, I think that'll be a kick in the teeth. And we've had a couple of questions about this. Have you heard anything regarding season tickets, Joe? So, the way you phrase that question is absolutely perfect in terms of what have I heard. I have heard things. I've not done any digging on it. So, I need to stress that. This is not really talked about... I'm not talking. I'm not really talking about this with any authority because I've not really looked into it. But in terms of have I heard things? Yes, I have, and I have heard that they are not going up. Um, I don't think they will go up. I could be proved wrong. I've not looked into this really, um, but I don't think they are going up. Um, I will look into it more. Um, but yeah, I certainly hope they don't go up. I really don't expect them to. If I'm being honest, I think it would be a bloody cheek if they did go up. Um, the football's been atrocious. Um, and everyone's cost of living is going through the roof. Um, so personally, I think it would be a bit cheeky um, to put them up. But yeah, my, uh, from what I've heard, I don't think they are going up. But, but if, if, I know, if I find out more on that, then we can talk about it next week. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that answers your question. Uh, this is more of a statement than anything. Uh, Suraj Chohan, um, how can we get on the scouting team? I think we could do a much better job of getting players in the squad to balance the team and add quality. I don't really know. Get Write us on the letter. board, mate. Get us on the football board. Write a letter to Ron Gourlay, see if he'll let you on there. Or... I'd love a go. Yeah. I'd yeah. sign Jed Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> I'd sign Jed <laughs> We'd have a good team, mate, me and you. Yeah, do you reckon? Yeah, I think we would. I think I we, would. we would. Get on them. Get on that free agent list. Um, Mitch WBA. We'll just ask a few more. Well, two or three more. Um, why do we have a break in, in Bruce? A break clause in Bruce's contract. In what situation, if not the one we are in, would it be activated? I mean, it is a very good question. Yeah, it is a good question. I know we've answered why you said why Bruce um, is staying, but it is a good question, isn't it? And not, and look, Steve Bruce is the first person to admit that things that he has not had the impact that he was supposed to have. He says that every week in press conferences. He says Albion haven't been good enough this season. He includes himself in that. Um, that I had explained why Steve Bruce is staying on as manager. I think that is the only that that is the reason why the results have not been good enough. Is it four wins from thirteen? They've gone from fifth in the table to thirteenth. Um, the the, the lo- I have put forward two very logical arguments why Steve Bruce is staying on. And if we're being honest, they are the only reasons why he is staying on. Because, bless him, results have not been good enough. Um, they haven't been good enough and performances haven't improved enough. Um, so I can understand the question. I can understand why it was phrased that way. But we can't, can't really add anything to ever explain, no. explaining why the decision has been reached that Steve Bruce stays on. Yeah. Um, a few more. Interesting one, a bit of a tangent now. Ali Jones with a question. Um, do you think we need to liven things up with a match day experience, especially the build-up? It's like Groundhog Day. The liquidator has even become boring. Forest away, they were pumped up by kick-off because of the good build-up from their DJ. That can only help, surely. And then we had a couple of sort of 
um, other suggestions to that about what Albion could do. Um, so, about the about the insomnia song being banged out for fifteen years before games. So this is my understanding. This is sort of like you were saying about what like we were talking about with tickets. What I've heard, and this is more what I've heard than my understanding. I have to say, when I say it's my understanding, it's a pretty much, that's pretty much truth. But I've heard that Ron Gourlay, one of the things he is upon is when he was a consultant at Albion and then obviously now he's CEO, he is amazed at how much the club has taken supporters for granted in terms of the match day experience. He feels that basically Albion have for a long time felt the only thing they've had to offer up is the football. And look, I don't want to look. I, how do you, how do I say this? Right. So look, football fans—they're not customers because, of course, they're not. And I hate anyone who says they are customers, right? But let's just park the sort of like the semantics and, and the horribleness of calling football fans customers, and let's kind of look at the positives of being a customer. When you are a customer, you pay and you expect certain standards and you expect things to improve in terms of you no one would everything you you buy you expect to get better really don't you like you expect your mobile phone to get better you expect your tv package to get better you expect things everyone's striving to improve their product if you like like netflix want to put on better films do you know what i mean you try and improve your like if you make computers you try and make your computers faster that you don't that is what people do to retain their customers they try and improve what's on offer whereas Albion have basically for a long time now gone oh you support the Albion you want to come and watch us brilliant we'll we'll you, you pay to watch us like and that's it and that is that is all you're getting for your money really now look that's obviously brilliant we all love going to the football um but it is all you're getting as an Albion fan and things have moved on like things have moved on from that like you can't just take people for granted you can't just you've got to improve your product and and Albion just haven't done that and I think the big example the real big example is Bristol City um, who we walked through the concourse at that game and it's brilliant like there's like little soft play areas for kids. There's there's football cages in the concourse, so you, you can be stood getting a burger. You can go if you've got a lad who's thirteen years old. You can be stood going to buy a burger while your mate, while your son, sorry, is in a football cage playing five a side with ten other lads, and like all these things were on the concourse. They were they were embedded into the ground. They had gaming sections. I said to like it's game. There's a few gaming sections in um, um, in the Hawthorns, and then I was, I was speaking to someone about it, and he was like, "Yeah, but they've got FIFA 19 on them." Like it's not. And Bristol City again. Like you walk to the ground, it's like going to a food festival. There's every sort of like, there's different ciders, there's different beers, there's all different types of like, interesting food to buy and try. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just, an, it's an experience. It's an, it's so much better than going to the Hawthorns. It's just so much better. Um, and Ron Gourlay's just looked at it and gone, this is incredible. Like, 
Albion fans have been taken for granted. They have. Can I play devil's advocate in this again? Like, I agree with you. Like, ev- now it's not... Everywhere you go, it's not just you go to a football match. There is that, you know, the fan zones, the match day experience, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, if things were right on the pitch... Say Albion had won the championship this season, or they were second. Or, you know, things had gone right on the pitch. They put things in place. You know, the recruitment was good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Would we be having this conversation right now? about the match day experience. I'm not saying it doesn't need to change and things need to freshen up and there needs to be, you know, modernised like clubs do these days. But if they were better on the pitch, would that be more of an afterthought? Is it being brought more into the forefront because of how bad this season has gone? I would say yes and no, because, look, if teams win on the pitch, and of course everything gets... I mean, look, if, if Albion start winning and Galtrum lies a genius, like, I mean, it is that extreme, isn't it? Like, everything's OK when the team's winning. But West Bromwich Albion, like, we're not going to have great seasons every season. We're not Man City. Like, we're going to have a lot of mediocre seasons. And in those seasons, you have to think, are you going to renew your season ticket? People are not going to renew their season ticket this summer. They're just not going to do it. There's going to be so many people that decide against it. Albion will know that. Albion know they're going to have to take a hit that way. But there will be people who are thinking... Oh, do you know what? I can't really be bothered to renew, but oh, my boy does love going on a Saturday and playing in the cage with his mates. Oh, yeah, well, we can go, and they do love the soft play area, and it is a family day out. It is... It's a reason to keep people. So, yeah, do you know what? When they're winning and everything's going great, it probably doesn't matter, but they're not going to be win- But when it, when they're But when they're having an average season or a mediocre season or an atrocious season like this one, these things keep you coming back. They do. Um, and I've been doing none of that. None of that. They've, they've been left behind. But can we just say for Ron Gourlay, like, he ain't, this is not something he can, he can just fix overnight. Like, I, I think we've said before a million times in this podcast, the jury's out on Ron Gourlay. Very good job at Chelsea. Very good job at Man United. From what we read, not the best job at Reading in terms of it didn't go well for him there. He knows that. He's got it all to prove. But he can't, he has no magic wand. Like, all these things are big things. They're big things. It's like the European Scouting Network. You can't just hire 20 European scouts and suddenly start signing the best European players. It ain't going to happen. So, you're not, I'm not, I'm just, it's difficult, but he's going to need years. He's going to need years to put these things right. It's not going to be a simple case of, all right, let's get through this season and when we start next one, everything will be fixed. Because it just ain't, it's just not going to be like that. Um, It just isn't. No. A couple more. One's a question and one links back to what we've just said about the match day experience. I've just read it now. It's come through and it's quite a, quite a good one. Um, all Albion fans, they asked us this um, a few weeks ago. Do you, did you look into the financial implications of finishing 7th or 16th at third oh, no, place? Sorry, I, I had a look into it. It doesn't oh, really matter. Everyone gets paid a base rate and then if you're on telly more, you obviously get more TV money. Revenue, so it's not like the Premier League. From what I've read this morning, it's not like the Premier League where you can get an extra three, four million pounds for finishing 15th instead of 16th. Um, that's not the case in the Championship. Um, from what I understand, though, from what I've read, it may have changed this season, but the, the article I read was pretty up to date. Well done, um, Johnny Drury. Top journalism, mate. I'm pleased. Top, well done, mate. You've done well. Top though. research. And finally, we had a question going, What would be on your pre match playlist? I had a bit of a look before. And I said maybe we could do like a liquidator slash Fat Boy Slim remix 
or something, you know, just get the place bouncing. But Don Papa um, or Albion at Albion Templar has got back with three suggestions. Um, a bit tongue in cheek based on this season. He's put "Sending the Clowns" by Frank Sinatra. Heaven knows I'm miserable now by the Smiths or Road to Nowhere by the Talking Heads. Oh, that's a, um, what a way to start a game that would be. I know, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully, uh, you know, like we said, hopefully there's going to be changes, changes afoot. But thanks for all your questions, Baggies fans. We're uh, we're on an hour and six, and we haven't even looked at Reading yet. But there's not that's much to right, really, mate, not much to really talk about. Um, yeah, I'll be good to Reading on Saturday. Reading is safe. Albion are in the no man's land in the middle, aren't they, Joe? It's probably the deadest of dead rubbers, if we're perfectly honest. It is. Um, yeah, what's there to say, mate? Nothing. Nothing, is there? Um, <laughs> Chance to look, maybe look at jo- for fans to have a look at John Swift? You know, nope, because he's out for the rest of the season. There we go. <laughs> I'm, there you go. You said me research was good. I haven't done it for that question, have I? Um, no, there you go. Um so there is no there is no positives there's literally the there's zero the big positive is it's the last away game there we go we don't have to go anywhere else after that yeah if you go in if you go in fair play to you um, if you listen to this and go into Red End spoke to someone who said these are the times you've got to be there like if you're a football fan you stick through them through thick and thin you support the badge fair play to anyone who is paying extortion amount of petrol and buying a football ticket to watch this game I genuinely genuinely admire you um, because if it was the other way around I don't think I would be um, but yeah it's a uh, yeah what can you say we what, just can't say anything can we? Let's just say? we'll just end there we'll just end there shall we? looking uh, forward to it though me and you are getting a nice little train journey down aren't we're we? going to train so if you see us train. on the train come and say hello yeah Bring bring some snacks or something. Or some sweets. We like sweets. sweets. We like yeah, sweets Joe. and coffee. Sweets and coffee. We're open yeah. to bribes. <laughs> uh, bribes for que- cash for questions. Cash for questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll take all that. There um, we go. Yeah, other than that, mate. Yeah. Um, Never mind. I got a little pun for you. Oh, go on. The table makes for bad reading. It'll make for even worse reading if Albion lose at Reading on Saturday. Nice. Yeah. I thought about that one. No, uh, I'd probably use that. I could use that on Saturday. I was a bit surprised you haven't kept that up your sleeve, mate. Nah, it's all right. I'll, I'll come up with another one. Uh, there you go. Extra long episode today. Thank you very much for listening. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back uh, next week where we'll be looking at the final game of the season. Hopefully we'll be talking about a positive result at Reading, but who who the hell knows what we'll be talking about next week. Um, like we said, safe trip to you travelling down. Hats off to you. Hope you have a good trip. Um, and thanks for listening to the Baggies broadcast. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. <laughs>